What is up, everybody? Uh, this is Hater Radio. My name is Chris McLean. Uh, you can obviously tell by my voice and my surrounding, this is not a normal show because uh, yesterday I was at the Florida Florida State game and yelling and screaming as loud as I could be. And, uh, you know, I tried coming back early today, but it, it took me way too long. So I ended up uh, having to do the show here in St. Pete while I'm in my rental car. So here it is. This is the show. Uh, I'm going to do it as best I can. Um, I only have myself, so it's just me to be able to do the show. Um, but, uh, you know, I definitely want to talk about that Florida, Florida state game. Uh, you know, I have a lot of friends on, uh, Facebook that love to go after me from this game, specifically the Florida state fans. And you know what? Hey man, I get it. You know what? You guys haven't won anything in a long time. And so, you know, you're 12 and 0 congratulations. But uh, the likelihood of you guys getting to the playoff is very slim, considering that you lost your starting quarterback and your backup came in and struggled against a seven-loss team. So the chances of you guys actually getting to the playoff are very slim. And it doesn't help the fact that Louisville lost yesterday to Kentucky in a close one. Um, So... Having a two-loss team that you beat in a conference championship game is not a great resume pad statter or patter, I guess. So uh, I don't think the chances are very good for Florida State to get in the playoff, but that's for a later discussion. Let's talk about the fact that Florida was winning this game up until the fourth quarter for, I'd say, 90% of the time. and you know, if they hit two field goals, which Trey Smack was capable of hitting long field goals throughout the year, um, he struggled uh, in this game, missing two of them, which would have made the game roughly like a 21-14 game. And so, you know, obviously things didn't go that way. He missed both those field goals. And in both of those field goals, uh, there were mistakes by Florida where uh, there were flags, I believe, a delay of game on one, and then the other one was um, a holding call on a run by Montreal Johnson that um, put them back, and it made the field goal a little bit harder. So, you know, I, I'm i very glad that the defense came to play because that would have been the biggest disappointment if they didn't show out in this game. You know, it's obviously a rivalry game. You need to have – some kind of push there on defense or you're not going to be able to win the game. And they, they came through, they had a lot of stops. They had a lot of tackle for losses. They got that safety um, close to getting picks just, you know, all out throughout the entire game. They were playing really well. I mean, if Devin Moore is in uh, the game, like as much as he could be, it's probably a different story with some of it because Devin Moore went out for a good portion of it. And, you know, Devin Moore was definitely the best corner that Florida has. And but Jason Marshall looked pretty good for the most part. Um, I know I can't remember the freshman's name. He's number four. It might be Jackson. I can't remember. Sure. But he uh, he came in, had some solid plays. Um, Jordan Costello played great. You know, that uh, that personal foul, that spitting. I don't know what was going on there. 
you know, I saw it on TV on the replay. It doesn't look good. Um, you know, obviously stupid. I don't know what you're doing there. Because that honestly was really the impetus for Florida State to get back into the game because they had done nothing up at that point. I think they were still scoreless. They start moving the ball because that uh, penalty gives them life. I think Florida had got, actually stopped them for a tackle for loss on Benson. So there was a chance there where uh, Florida could have stopped that drive and maybe get out of that half, uh, shutting out Florida State, which would have been remarkable. I know people had talked about the flea flicker. It's like a double reverse flea flicker that was very ugly, that just, you know, I don't know, very uncalled for, didn't make any sense. Like, they were inside the 50 off the safety, uh, off the return from the safety, and they should have, uh, you know, just ran it down their throats because they were running it down their throats almost the entire game. You know, I know ETN and Montreal went out at some point because at, uh, near the, what is it, in the fourth quarter, uh, Treon Webb uh, came in, and, like, he hasn't played much at all, let alone with the game on the line in a rivalry game, it was just surprising that he was in there. And I didn't even realize they were hurt until I uh, tweeted out and asking people because in the stadium, you can't really tell. Um, so just, I mean, Max Brown did as best as he could. He's a freshman. The old line just struggled mightily for Florida um, with, you know, credit to Florida state for getting in there and making, making plays. But I mean, Florida's old line has been the issue all year. And, um, you know, it, I, but I think if Max, I mean, I don't know if Max could have done any better. I think that was as best he could do with the circumstances. But I think if Graham Mertz is in that game, I think Graham Mertz probably throws for like 300 yards and uh, Florida wins pretty easily. And if Jordan Travis is there, it's probably a closer game and it's probably like a 28-24 Florida State game. But like, I don't know, man. I just wish... I wish that um, I don't know because there was obviously some controversial calls. I know my my friend Pete Bolin loves to talk about the uh, the 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 hit on the quarterback, but I, after I was looking at the replay, it looked like it was probably because it was like hands to the face, and so maybe they just didn't call it correctly. I didn't see any reports anywhere, but uh, it looked like he hit him in the head with his with his hands. So like, that's technically a 15 yarder. So I don't know what the, um, hullabaloo is out, but definitely that Keon Coleman catch or pass interference on, uh, Jaden Hill was, that was definitely on Keon Coleman. Like there was no chance that that was defensive pass interference. Coleman pushes off on Hill and gets the call. And that was a huge, uh, huge turning point in that drive for Florida state. I believe they kicked the field goal. I can't remember for sure which drive that was, but it was a it was a huge call because I believe it was on third down too. And you know, I don't know. I I didn't. I was not impressed with Florida State in this game. I really didn't think they played that well. I thought uh, Florida was the better team for ninety percent of the game. They should have won. Um, you know, the energy in the crowd was just crazy. It was, you know, people were pumped. I was jacked up the people next to me were high-fiving me some old lady in her uh, wheelchair was high-fiving me like it was dude the it was great and it was funny because the fsu crowd and their band 
were doing their war chant and it was like real loud at first but then man from the first second and third it was like you could barely hear it at all like i never i don't even think i heard it after like the first couple of drives and it was like silent and they they started playing again once they started getting ahead but it was like i was like man it it was a real opportunity for florida to get to bowl eligibility they don't they lose here florida state wins 24 15 and now um you know florida's gonna have to figure things out going forward especially with ricky Purcell um leaving and uh probably some transfers and whatnot obviously uh Billy Napier is going to stay. He's not going anywhere. If the recruiting class stays well and they can keep most of the people that are there uh, that are at uh, in campus right now, they should be fine next year because a lot of the players are getting experience. So we'll see what happens in the off season. And then, you know, this coming uh, signing day as well, but Florida state moves on They're 12 and 0. Uh, they play Louisville. Like I said, folks, I do not think they're going to make the playoff. You know, I may be wrong, but just looking at what the evidence is, and I'll break it down for you real quick if you don't know, because if you're a Florida State fan, you don't know because you're ignorant, because you all are ignorant, because you don't know anything about college football. You only know about your team. So what it is, is Georgia, Alabama, one of those is going in, the winner of that. And potentially, if Alabama, Alabama beats Georgia, both of them could get in. Then. Washington, Oregon, one of those could get in, but it could be both get in because uh, they're one loss and their their resumes are better. All four of those teams' resumes are way better than Florida State's, hands down. And then um, Michigan, if they win against uh, Iowa, they're in for sure. So that's five teams right now that I'm talking about that probably have better resumes than Florida State. Texas has a better resume than Florida State. And Texas will get a chance to beat Oklahoma State, who has a three-loss team and a victory against Oklahoma. So, you know what? I'm sorry, Florida State. I know you think you're a good team, but you play a soft schedule. You played LSU. That's great. They're a three-loss team. That's not a great victory. Texas beat Alabama. Alabama's a one-loss team on the road in Tuscaloosa. LSU, it was a road game or a, 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 a neutral site game in Orlando, in Florida. So it's not like it's that big of a deal, you know? I don't know. I mean, you know, you played Clemson, they're a four loss team. You played Duke without their quarterback and has had several losses. Um, you barely beat BC. You should have probably lost to BC. Yeah, and you you barely beat Clemson. You probably should have lost to Clemson. If Riley Leonard is is healthy, you lose to Duke. Um, you played bad against Pitt, and Pitt's a terrible team. And you know what's even worse for that with that Pitt team is the fact that they beat Louisville. So now it looks even worse that this Louisville team has lost to uh, Pitt and to Kentucky. I mean, come on. You're not going to get any credit here for any of these wins because they're all terrible. You know, if you beat someone on non-conference like, I don't know, Oregon or Washington or uh, Michigan or Ohio State, something like that, one of the top-level teams, Georgia, Alabama, people would give you credit for it. But you beat a team, LSU, that's a three-loss team that, you know, struggled against a ton of teams. 
I don't know. You know, I know you can say SEC bias, but, you know, there's a reason that the SEC's won like 15 championships in the last 20 years and the ACC only has three. And so, you know, the ACC is just a garbage conference. It's just what it is. And the reality is you fans, Florida State fans, don't understand that. And that's just, hey, man, you're going to have to deal with reality here. And so I know I might be wrong, but, you know, I've seen other media already talk about it, saying that Florida State is uh, not going to be there um, come playoff time. So just saying, man, I'm not being a dick. I'm just telling the truth. I know you don't want to hear it because you – all you Florida State fans just think, oh, my team's the best, my team's the best. And it's just – that's literally all you guys ever do is, like, think about your own team, but you never actually um, uh, look into what other teams are doing. And you have no no, no knowledge base. You just base it off whatever your, uh, your emotions are towards your team, which is sad. So, anyways, uh, moving on to USF Charlotte. The boys get it done. They had bowl eligibility on the line. They win. Um, let me see what the score was. Oh, I didn't get it. Did I not? I don't think I got it. Or maybe I did. I didn't get it. I forgot the score. But it was big. It was like something like 49 or something to like 17. They they destroyed Charlotte. They were up big like the entire time. Um, you know, Brown, Byram just had a great game. Um you know, even Sean Atkins got in the mix with throwing the ball. He had a, a nice uh, throw for a touchdown um, with a, a lot of yak on it. Um, Joyner had some touchdowns. The defense had some interceptions. There was, you know, a lot of long runs. Simmons had a nice one-handed TD. Uh, just great win. Alex Golish, what can I say, man? Guys about my age, I really appreciate the work he's putting in at USF. It is my alma mater. I worked there in the compliance department, the athletics department many years ago. And, um, you know, I'm glad to see the potential of where this is going because, you know, just getting this win is not just, you know, yeah, it's bowl eligibility, but it's like the future looks so bright. Like, you know, six and six, you have a quarterback who leads, uh, who's in the like top six or eight in the country for total offense, just a freak, everything. And, you know, they, the offense is just this offense in the country. They put up tons of points. They just need to get defensive players. And I think they will, you know, who wouldn't want to come play for USF now? And it's like, you know, the training facilities are getting better. The campus stadium recruiting is in the conference. In the American, it's just a lot of, you know, I can't wait, um, you know, uh, get through because he's going to put this team over the top and he's young enough to where he can stay time and it's going to be, it's going to be really excited for this because he could leave. Well, I think he knows the area is a great place to live. If he goes to like one of these other kind of bigger schools, you know, they're in like crappy towns. At least this is a great town. There's a lot to uh, bring to this, to the table. And then he knows also that the on-campus stadium is coming, which will be a huge difference maker for facilities, for everything. So 
excited for the guys, bowl eligible, and it's you know it's a great, great feeling, and you know it's been a long time coming because I think it was 2018 was the last bowl win our bowl game, so it's been a long time. So we'll see what happens in the bowl game, but uh, great year, six and six. You know, can't argue with the results. Okay, UCLA Cal. This is for Richard. Richard, I hope you're watching. Um, so uh, Garber started. He got hurt. Dante comes in, through, throws an interception in the red zone. Uh, Cal starts hitting field goals. They were turning over and on downs. You know, they were moving the ball against Cal early, but they just couldn't convert. They couldn't score. And, you know, Cal just, you know, they, they actually did take the lead seven to six, but then on a, a kickoff return for a touchdown, they go up. 13-7 and that, or yeah 13-7 and Cal just never looked back. They end up winning um 33 to 7 and just, you know, smoked them. And I don't know. I I know there's a lot of talent with Dante. He's definitely very gifted, but he's struggled mightily this year and he'll probably take this off season to work on a lot of things and maybe it's the best thing for him to you know to grow as a quarterback. And, you know, I can see, um, you know, the next couple of years him doing better, but this is just growing pains and, you know, they still have a chance to get eight wins, which would be a great year regardless, considering what they've had to deal with quarterback wise. So not the end of the world for UCLA, but definitely um, a terrible way to end the regular season, at least. Okay. Last couple of games I have, uh, I'm going to do really quick because um I'm very tired. I've been traveling all over Florida for the last couple of days since I've been here. And uh, I'm ready to go home and see my fiance and my, my little pooch, Max. Um, but I'll talk about these games and then uh, end the show, end it real quick. So Thursday, we had Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Ole Miss wins 17-7. Dude, Lane Kiffin, 10-2. I don't think many people realize that Ole Miss has not won more than 10 games a lot of times. Like, this is a huge accomplishment at a school that has been around forever and has had very little sustained success over uh, the, their history. And so Lane has proven that he can win there. I don't know if he'll end up taking a bigger job because – he seems fine there, but the recruiting has not gotten insanely better there. So it's he's kind of is where this where he is. He's gonna be like nine and three, ten and two at Ole Miss, and I don't think he's gonna get any better. I don't think he's gonna get over the hump unless he can start recruiting at a higher clip, which at this point he's already been there since 2020. So that's four seasons. So I don't think it's gonna happen. TCU, Oklahoma. Oklahoma goes off, wins 69 to 45. You know what? Oklahoma has a really great year at 10 and 2, considering that they were 6 and 7 last year. This is a phenomenal job by Brent Venables. I don't think a lot of people have given him credit for the year that they've had, considering the struggles they had all year. Um, you know, Dylan Gabriel's had a really good year. He was like flirting with potentially being a Heisman candidate. You know, their offense is solid. The defense got a lot better. Uh, I mean, they gave up a lot of points to in yesterday, but 
still, this Oklahoma team is going to be a good team the next couple of years. And moving to the SEC is a really big deal for them. They're going to challenge probably immediately, which is great for them. I don't know who they have in the pipeline for quarterback play. And I'm not sure if Dylan Gabriel has an extra year or not, but um, he definitely, if he wanted to stay, he could, you know, definitely make a difference there for Oklahoma. But I, either way, this Oklahoma team is trending up and uh, you can see this team definitely um, getting into a big bowl this off season and or this uh, postseason, and, you know, continue the trend upwards. Okay. Next one. Iowa, Nebraska, just a low-scoring, boring, Big Ten garbage. I don't know how people like this stuff. I cannot watch these. These are terrible games to watch. They're not fun. I do not enjoy them. So Iowa wins 13-10. They claim the SEC or SEC, uh, Big Ten uh, West. So now it'll be Iowa and then what we'll talk about in a second, the other team, Michigan. Um, so Iowa, Michigan in the Big Ten Championship. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Tulane, UTSA for uh, AAC uh, purposes. Uh, Tulane wins 29-16. Solid victory. UTSA, definitely a threat there because offensively they're pretty strong. But Tulane um, uh, muscles them there and claims the uh, uh, a spot in the AAC Championship game. Um and I believe they're playing SMU, but I'm not 100% sure. Like I said, these other games are great, too. Oregon State, Oregon. But Oregon blows out Oregon State, which I was surprised. I thought this game was going to be a lot closer. Oregon wins 31-7. This Oregon team, I'm telling you, though, man, is really, really good. I know a lot of people don't follow the Pac-12, especially the ones that uh, I know personally people in my life because – they're usually East Coast, and they don't pay attention to the West Coast games. Well, this Oregon team, the offense is very efficient and uh, very explosive. Franklin's a stud wide receiver. Bo Nix is definitely going the, to New York for the Heisman uh, presentation. If he wins, who knows? But regardless, that defense is strong too. So Oregon has a real shot. I think they're favored right now. Uh, I think like a 5.5 favorite. Someone was saying online that they think that um, Michael Penix Jr. is hurt, and that's why uh, Oregon is favored. It could be. I haven't heard anything yet, so I don't know for sure. We'll, I'll look into it, and I will uh, give you more information on the preview show for conference championship games on Wednesday. Um, uh, next game we have was uh, the big game, Ohio State-Michigan, and it lived up to its billing. It was a really good game. I watched the whole highlight package. You know, it was back and forth. Marvin Harrison Jr. had a really good game. Um, you know, Corum played well. McCarthy had some really nice throws, and I know I've been, uh, you know, a big, uh, not a big fan of McCarthy, so I will grant him there. Uh, Michigan makes plays. They uh, – Forced turnovers by McCord. They were definitely the stronger team and deserved to win, and they win 30-24. to 24. So now they go on to the Big Ten Championship game with a chance to get to the playoffs. So all that craziness that went on with um, Jim Harbaugh and the stealing of the signs and using that information against other teams now comes out here uh, without him the last three games, and they win this game pretty convincingly. 
and now they move on to you know they should beat iowa i have no doubt in my mind that they should probably beat iowa by like 30 points just because iowa's offense is non-existent and michigan's defense is pretty solid and so michigan's going to be able to at least move the ball i don't know how iowa's defense is going to do against michigan's offense that's kind of the deciding factor there because iowa's defense is strong too but michigan should be able to move the ball effectively enough i mean i guess at first glance i was saying like it should be a 30 point game but maybe maybe it'll be a lot closer and maybe it's going to be more like a um like a 14-7 game or something like that or like 17-7 just because that's what a lot of the games that iowa plays that's then the scores the scores are very low scoring if you don't know about iowa because Iowa's obviously not a very sexy team that people talk about so um but they are i believe 10 and 2 so you know it's kind of crazy how well they've done under the radar considering how bad their offense is okay Last couple of ones, we'll get out of here real quick. So Kentucky, Louisville, like I said, Kentucky wins 38-31. I was so surprised by this one. I turned it on late to find out uh, to find out that Louisville was losing in that one, which I was totally surprised by. And then um, uh, Louisville had tied it late, but then Kentucky came back and put one in uh, and just, you know, crazy. I'm totally surprised by that one. And now Louisville's 10-2. and two. So it ruins Florida State's chances there. If it if they were eleven and one in that game, I know they had the pit loss, but eleven one looks a lot better than ten and two with losses to Pitt and to Kentucky. Just just saying it, just putting it out there. Uh, speaking of other games with conference championship game stuff on the line, BYU Oklahoma State in double overtime. Oklahoma State wins forty to thirty four. So this Oklahoma State team that lost to South Alabama. That lost to, um, I'm trying to think of the other team they lost to. I think it was Iowa State. And then they lost recent, no, yeah, they lost recently to someone else. And so they had three losses, but it was only two Big 12 losses. So that meant that they tied with Oklahoma. And because they had the head the head to head against Oklahoma, that they go. So remarkable job by Gundy considering that like they had fallen off like once they lost to South Alabama I stopped paying attention to them and I didn't really like cover most of their games because they they were playing against a lot of softer teams so it was like whatever and then they went up against Oklahoma and played really well and beat them and it's just you never know what can happen and then now they're um they have a chance to get into a big bowl game so good for them you know Gundy is proving he has been a very good coach for a very long time and it's I mean, he's been at Oklahoma State for almost 20 years now, which is crazy to think about that, especially when he had that uh, outburst that long, long ago when he was like, I'm a man, I'm 40. <laughs> oh, God, that's so hilarious. But anyways, um, Alabama, Auburn, the Iron Bowl, you know, I wish I had been able to watch this one, you know, obviously doing a lot because I was uh, trying to get some footage for uh, Hater Radio. And um, I saw part of the last drive on my phone and like Alabama was driving. There was time was winding down. They were getting closer and then I didn't see it, but fourth down and like fourth and goal up for and like 30 yards away and Mill 
<laughs> throws a strike and they catch it just I mean, that is the craziest way to win a game outside of, and I hate this word, but the kick six, because everyone knows what it is. It shouldn't be kick six. It should be return six, because that's what it is. You're returning a kick for six points. Anyways, that's my tangent. But remarkable win, and it's it's partly Bama's revenge for, for that kick six. So, you know, Bama's still winning. And this Auburn team is good, man. I, I I know they obviously lost in New Mexico State, but New Mexico State isn't as bad as people think. And then also Auburn smoked Arkansas and then uh, played very well against Georgia. So they are capable of playing against teams. Um, they don't end with the best record, but, you know, Bama, you know, 11-1, and one, going up against Georgia next week. I'm excited for this one. This is Always a big game when these two go up against each other. Playoff chances on the line. If Bama wins, they're likely in. If Georgia wins, they're definitely in. So um, a lot on the line in the SEC championship game. I'm excited for that one. Okay, moving on. Washington State, Washington. So another game with implications on the line regarding the playoffs. Uh, Washington wins 24-21 with a last-second field goal. Just craziness. I cannot believe this the way it ended. I obviously didn't get to watch it because I was in the uh, the game watching the Florida Florida State game. But just to keep their their season alive, their playoff chances. I'm excited for Michael Penix because he comes from the Tampa Bay area, and uh, you know, I really hope they can do it. I I think they could beat Oregon, but allegedly there might be an injury, so there's an issue there. So obviously we'll have to wait and see in the next couple of days, but. It sets up a huge game. I'm excited for that one. Washington, Oregon. You got Bama, uh, Georgia. Um, you know, it's there's going to be a lot of big games. Even the Texas Oklahoma State game is going to have some have some juice as well because Texas has the playoff chances on the line as well. Last three: Georgia, Georgia Tech. Georgia wins 31-23. I believe in that game. I didn't see the highlights because um, I did limited time today, but uh, Georgia was up decently and i think georgia tech came back in the fourth to make it more of a game but georgia gets the win 31 23 texas texas tech texas destroys them 57 7 setting up their big game against oklahoma state with a very good chance of getting in the playoff especially with that huge uh win on their resume against alabama in tuscaloosa last one smu beats navy 59 59 14 which i think puts them in the aac championship game so we'll talk about the championship games on Wednesday. That'll be the conference championship preview game day. Besides that, that is the show. Um, you can catch us at Hater Radio, uh, at Hater underscore radio on all the socials, uh, on Twitter, X, uh, Insta, Threads, uh, TikTok. For Facebook, it is Hater Radio CFB. For YouTube, it is... Um, at Hater Radio, and then for uh, all of our articles, it is haterradio.com. You can reach us on email, haterradio1 at gmail.com. Ian's not here tonight. He'll probably be back Wednesday. That's the show. I'll be back in LA on Wednesday too as well, so you'll be. I'll be in the studio. Enjoy your weekend. It was a great week of football. It's going to be another great weekend, but this is officially the end of the regular season, so we have a lot less show to do the last couple of weeks. So it'll be shorter shows 
for the next uh, month and a half. And then that's it. And then I go dormant for, I won't be doing shows until the next, the start of the next season. So this is it. This is the season's winding down, but it's been a fun one. I'll talk to you guys later. Okay.